0: Hey, Seamsiders, you may have heard, but the nook is turning two years old real soon. And so to celebrate, I'm giving away two annual memberships good for the entire year of 2024 to two people listening to the sound of my voice right now. I won't be sharing this giveaway anywhere else, but here on Seamside, so seems to me your chances are pretty good you could win. To enter the giveaway, there's a link in the show notes below. Drop over there to get your name in the hat, and you have until December 31st. 2023. I'll draw the winners on January 1st, 2024, and the winners will get 12 months of Quilty Goodness. That's 12 different workshops hosted by visiting artists, 24 sewing circles hosted by me, along with countless other sewing circles hosted by other good folks on the Nook. Every day of the year, there's something happening over on the Nook. There's so much to love. I hope to see you there. A couple weeks ago, I finished another quilt, and y'all enjoyed that last episode so much where I told you about my grandma's memory quilt that I thought maybe you'd like to hear some stories about this new memory quilt that I made for my Uncle Jim. I really just got to know my Uncle Jim here in the last few years when my grandma came to live in my childhood home. You know, he always lived in another city from us, so I, I just didn't know him as well as I would have liked as a kid. But three years ago, when grandma started living with us, I would get to see him quite a bit when he would come visit. And he had a lot of back pain, but he still loved to come just sit with us, be in the middle of it, tell stories, tell jokes. And so this quilt is an honor to his memory and his presence and the space that he's left behind. He passed away pretty unexpectedly about a month and a half ago. And so when my aunt asked me if I would make a memory quilt, didn't even hesitate. Of course, you know, if you make a memory quilt, it's almost like a a spiritual gift, something that I can offer when time's in need and wouldn't happen any other way. And so I proposed that I come spend a few days with her up at her home in Western North Carolina. And we put this quilt together and she got to play a hand in it. That was the first time I've ever worked with somebody side by side on a memory quilt. And that was a fascinating experience in and of itself. I'll come back to that towards the end. But first, let's imagine a quilt together, shall we? I want you to think of this quilt like a clock, and we're gonna go around the clock, counterclockwise this time. This quilt is built on top of a old quilt that I found at Goodwill. I have started salvaging baby quilts. I love finding baby quilts, and if they have the right kind of crinkle and the right kind of hand and the right kind of drape, I'll snatch them up and just use them like a applique service. I will just applique things on top and applique a backing on it, and hide that quilt in the middle somewhere you know the fun thing about this particular quilt is it still kept the round corners that the original quilt had and i had intended to cover the whole thing with just kind of this muslin cloth to give it a clean background but the cloth section that i had wasn't wide enough to fill the whole back and so there's about 18 inches running down the left hand side of this quilt where the original blue organic checkerboard pattern shows through and both my aunt and I agreed that that had to stay. It was just beautiful. So I love seeing that little window where the original quilt pokes through. Now, if we're thinking about this quilt like a clock, let's start around 11 o'clock because that's the most dynamic piece. I think it's probably the first piece you would notice if you were sitting here with me. And what it is is a small referee's uniform, vertical black and white striped shirt And cute little white pants with a black ribbon drawstring my aunt made those out of my uncle jim's old referee outfits because he was an official for the acc for many many years and then in the nfl for several years but came back to acc because he loved the community and the people there and so this little ref uniform had to fit in. My aunt made this for her first grandson and he wore it quite a bit. And you can see where he played in the mud and got a little dirty here and there. It's laid out on top of Uncle Jim's yellow. I don't know what you call them because I'm not a sports person, but you know how roughs have those yellow flags that they fly? Well, we found one of his old yellow flags. It was still wrapped around a handful of old gravel because when you throw down the flag, it needs to have some weight to it. So the first thing we did was to open up the flag Dumping out the the gravel, revealing this kind of white dust on the inside. Now that's been covered up with the ref shirt, but we know it's there. If we keep going counterclockwise around this clock of a quilt, the next thing you would see are an NFL patch when he ref for the World League and some ACC shorts that he would wear. Keep on going right below that. You see a canvas tote, a personalized tote that my aunt had made. And it shows each one of her five grandchildren on it. She made this years ago. And you can see each one of the grandkids in kind of this finger paint, kids illustration style, and it has their names under it. So it's so sweet to think that my, what would they be to me? Cousins once removed? Who knows? But it's so sweet to see my, their grandkids reflected in this quilt. Now, right around seven o'clock, we got a pair of red Christmas socks. I want you to imagine just a real thin pair. They've been worn a lot. Real thin pair of red socks. They got a white Christmas tree woven into them. And these were socks that Uncle Jim would wear every Christmas. And it was working with these socks that I realized, I think my aunt is like a stealth artist. I think she she knows, she intuits how to tell stories with fabric. So it wouldn't surprise me if she goes on to make a quilt again on her own after this. But here's how I knew. So, she was helping me sew this all down. And I said, okay, how about you do the socks? Okay, so she's gonna do the socks. And she sewed across the top of one of the socks, you know, where your foot was slipping. And she's like, I don't like that, it looks too flat. And so she took the stitches out, opened up the top of the sock, creating the space for a theoretical foot to slide in. And she said, there we go, now that's telling the story. And I'm like, oof, my aunt knows what she's doing keep on going. The toes of the sock point to six o'clock on our quilt. And there you see a purple handkerchief that Uncle Jim wore quite a bit. My cousin loved that one of the corners is frayed, showing Jim's time here on this planet. And just a, a tangible symbol of the impact he made in this physical world while he was here. One thing I love about this handkerchief is that it's got a series of bold parallel stripes. And so, you know, whenever I got a stripe, I did this on the rough shirt too. I got to put a little fold in there. I love breaking up those lines and creating a new pattern. Now carrying on, in right around four o'clock in the bottom right-hand corner, you see a green bathrobe belt, kind of a velour fleecy belt. And it's just kind of curled up, like my aunt said, like he just took it off and dropped it on the floor. If you look careful though, we were sneakily intentional. The middle of that curl is a J for Uncle Jim. The belt sits on top of the flannel pajama bottoms that are black plaid that Uncle Jim was wearing the night that he passed away. He passed away in his sleep, super peaceful. I mean, that's the way I guess we should all hope to go, you know, with your sweetheart laying there right beside you. Well, he was wearing these pants and she said that was the number one piece that had to go into this quilt. So that makes up the good right half side of this quilt. One of the knees is kind of kicked up, giving it some life. You'll see in the picture once you take a look at it. And it was actually these pajama pants that I started the entire composition with because I noticed as I was looking them over that there was a part in the pants, right in the crotch that had ripped and my aunt had come back and stitched them shut for my uncle. And to me, that was such a special moment in these pants because they point to how the two of them took care of one another, even in the small mundane details of life. Now, If we keep traveling up the pants, now let's go up to about two o'clock. We're rounding up our quilt tour here. You'll see a good sized American flag, about the size of a sheet of notebook paper or something. That was one they just had laying around the house. Now, the thing you need to know about that is that Uncle Jim served in Vietnam. He had, you know, I'm not good with the different medals and awards and stuff, but like a Purple Heart and a Silver Star and some others and some others anyway. So, you know, he was, he did some good things while he was there. And got awarded for it. And so it's important that we keep some of those stories here on this quilt, too. So you'll see the American flag. Beside that, you see his airborne eagle patch that he wore when he was in the service. And then also in the same corner is a commemorative patch for Bull Mountain. Now, Uncle Jim had an uncle, I believe, if I remember it correctly, who was training for World War II. This would be back in 1944. And they were running a training mission, him and 10 other people. Getting ready to go overseas. And they crashed their plane in Bull Mountain, Virginia. They all died. And so, even 50 years later, back in 94, Uncle Jim and the rest of the family all got together and they hiked up to the top of the mountain and they had a commemoration ceremony there. All this quilt is hand stitched. Well, I'm lying to you a little bit. You know, I use a sewing machine to. Attach the binding initially, but then it's hand stitched on the back. That's the only machine. The rest is all hand stitched. You got some knots here and there, of course, inspired by my friend Heidi Parks. And then on the back, if you flip it over, this is a super cozy quilt. And that's because Uncle Jim's bathrobe, the one that he wore for years, the one that has a few, don't tell anybody, cigarette burns in there. And you can see the original quilt through the holes of the cigarette burns. And I love that. So I stitched around the holes just to kind of soften it. Because you know how synthetic, plasticky, veloury type fabric does when it burns, right? It gets a little hard and crusty. So I stitched over to try to soften that. So most of it is Uncle Jim's green plush bathrobe. And then it's framed on the top and the bottom sides with a beige fleece vest that he would wear all the time. In fact, when we were on FaceTime one night with my cousin and her kid... And, and he looked at that and said, is that Chop Chop's vest? I mean, just instantly recognized it. Now, why is he called Chop Chop? This is one of those things I only learned at his funeral. You know, sometimes you, you learn things about people that way. I'd always heard his grandkids call him Chop Chop. But I never knew the story. Turns out, with his military background, he had a certain affection for promptness. And so he'd go behind his grandkids, Chop Chop, Chop Chop, let's go. And so that quickly became his name. So... This is Chop Chop's memory quilt. This is Uncle Jim's memory quilt. We miss him terribly but I'm so glad that I got the chance to get to know him better these last few years and it's been an honor working on this quilt with my aunt to give her something that she's able to pick up and take with her as she's driving around visiting her kids and grandkids taking those warm memories of Uncle Jim with her on the road. Now if you're interested in working alongside of somebody to make a memory quilt I did pick up a few pointers that I hope to keep in mind. And hopefully by telling you, I'll remember them for myself. Number one, I would just remind us that making memory quilts is work. Capital W work is the good work. And because of that, make sure you're in a good place before you jump in. I wanted to make sure before I started spending time with my aunt and work on this quilt, that I felt like I was in a good place energetically before starting work. I didn't want her to have to console me while I was working on this quilt right and so I would just remind us that it all starts inside of us the artist make sure your heart is good make sure your energy level is good if you have a hang up or something that's giving you pause for any reason maybe this isn't the best time to work so number one make sure you're good first so that you can be good for the loved one you're working with number two have a conversation about what they want the quilt to be This sounds perhaps like a little bit of a, doesn't everybody want the same kind of thing from a quilt? You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. So ask them what they want the quilt to be so that you can begin orienting yourselves in that same direction as you work together. Part of that original conversation too would be the third thing that I'd point out to you. And that is, I mentioned to my aunt specifically, I said, I am trusting you to tell me when we need to slow down or take a break. And saying that, putting that out in the air made me feel like I could trust our process together, knowing that she knew and I knew that she was in the driver's seat, right? And there was a couple of points where we just had to pack it up and put away for a while. That's okay. Because we would come back at a time that felt good later and we carried on with the work. Now, when it came time to actually sew, I would recommend tip four, starting small. When my aunt asked, what can I do to help? I said, well, why don't you pick apart this canvas bag, the one I was telling you about with the grandkids on it. And that was intentional because it was not one of her husband's garments, which would be so emotionally charged. It was a bag that she had bought for herself and that reminded her of an ongoing source of joy, pride, and comfort for her. So she sat there (laughs) probably unpicking that thing for an hour or so while I was doing other work. And that's okay, right? These things move at the speed of humans. They can take the time they need to take. Now, as the human who is working with the loved one making this quilt, I think it's helpful to think of ourselves as containers for stories, right? This quilt is a type of container, is holding a bunch of stories, but so are we. And so as we're sitting around the table sewing together, I would ask my aunt questions when she seemed like talking, asking her about different memories here, different memories there. But if she didn't feel like talking, that was okay too. We spent long periods of time just sitting in silence, sewing. Listen to the birds, maybe watching the deer walk up. We throw them an apple or something. And then, lastly, one thing that is key to me, but can be difficult to maneuver, takes some delicacy, is the idea of maintaining your own artistic integrity when you're working on such a meaningful project like this. I have made too many quilts than I care to think about, where I felt like I sacrificed or surrendered my vision or my understanding of what fabric can do and what fabric can be. Remember that you are the artist. You have more time thinking intentionally about fabric than the person you work with, more than likely. So one way to make sure you're keeping your artistic integrity, and thus ensuring a sense of satisfaction. I, You know, the quilts that we work on, every quilt we work on, we want to feel a certain joy and satisfaction when we finish. So one way to do that, at least for me, is centering the composition on storytelling. When it's about storytelling, the pieces just seem to fall into place. Like all of my Uncle Jim's referee stuff kind of went in one area. All his military stuff kind of went in one area, Right. So that was helpful to me in the way that I work to continue working in a stream in which I felt comfortable. And that's not to say, of course, that my aunt didn't have any input. She had a lot of input. We worked on things together, but it was within a framework that I ultimately found very satisfying. And so I hope that helps you if you find yourself wanting to work side by side with a person on a memory quilt. It's not the easiest thing, but it brought me a lot of joy and I wouldn't have it any other way. I hope you found a couple of nuggets there in that quilt talk that you can take with you to your own creative practice. I'll be back next week with another story or conversation for you, and until then, be well, sew something good, and hope to see you around somewhere. Maybe the nook. Who knows?